Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night united. We're believing God for some wonderful things. Uh, believing that he's going to share some uh, truth with us is going to help us help us grow, help us manifest the goodness of God in our lives. We want to go over to 1 Timothy 4 and uh, verse 1, and we're going to continue with this that we've been on. What has your attention? What has your attention? Because the Lord said to us that 2020 would be a year of decision. Uh, he said it would be a year when a stand would have to be made. And he said those that would stand for the word and the principles in the word will find themselves more and more at odds with the world and the world system. And uh, I want to say there very quickly, you know, the world and the world system, of course, uh, it can refer to moral issues, sinful issues, things of that nature. But just the, the world system, even uh, the world and the world system, even where some believers are concerned, because it's so easy to get over into the world system and operating in the world system and seeing things the way the world sees them. And the Lord said to us, he said that uh, there will come, if you can imagine, an even greater divide between what's right and wrong as the world, and here's the key, continues to give heed to lying spirits and doctrines of devils. He said the decision to stand for truth and what is right is what will make the difference. And so that is what we're focusing on. What has your attention? The enemy is after your attention. He's after your focus. All right, he is, he is a master of distraction. He, he knows how to manipulate circumstances uh, uh, to try to get your focus. And we're told very plainly over and over in the Word of God what should have our focus. And it's very elementary uh, to many and very easy to say, well, yeah, the Word of God needs to have our focus. You know, if we meditate on it and we do these things, that's exactly right. And, and we need to do those things, and that's right, and that's correct. But the issue is, is how do I do that? Because the Word is what has to have my attention in every circumstance, <clears throat> in every situation. 1 Timothy 4, 1 says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter time some will depart from the faith, having given heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So notice that, again, we see that there are people that Paul is talking about that in the latter days, the last days, that they will, they will, in reality, depart from the faith. They'll deny Jesus. They'll deny that He is the only way, that the Christian faith is the only way. And they will depart from it. They'll leave it. They'll go away from it. And he says, why? Because they give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And I'm not going to take a lot of time here because we've, we've defined this in every message, but it's important to go back and look at it. That word giving heed 
it means, here's what I like, turn the mind to or hold the mind towards. Turn the mind to or hold the mind towards. All right? So he's saying that what they did was they turned their mind to these seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, and they held their mind there. All right? It's one thing to hear something. It's another to keep your mind on it. All right? Paul said, I was reading it this morning in 1 Corinthians. He said there are many voices uh, talking about the moving of the Spirit in the churches. He said there are many voices, and none of them are without significance. And we taught about that in, in a series not too long ago. None of them are unmeaning. In other words, anything that I listen to and I turn my attention towards it and I hold my mind to it, there's nothing that is unmeaning. It means something. All right? I mean, it can, it can even be something that's just, you know, goofball or, or uh, what we would call brain candy, but it's taking up valuable real estate in your mind. It's taking up real estate that could be given to what God said. Amen. And so, many translations, the Philip says they allow themselves to be spiritually seduced. The New English says they give their mind to these doctrines inspired by devils. The Jerusalem says they choose to listen. So notice, allow themselves, give their minds, choose to listen. It's all an action on their part. Amen. So that means I need to be selective about what has my attention or what I hold my mind towards. Amen. There are things I don't need to bring near to me, things I don't need to turn my mind to. And if I have to turn my mind towards something, it means I have to turn my mind from something. So to stop focusing on this, to focus on that, to focus on that, I have to stop focusing on this. Amen. And let's look at some things from the scriptures. John chapter 2. Because I want you to see something. Faith, very often I'll hear people say faith is an act. Faith is an act. But faith is an act on the word. Faith is not just an act. It's an action taken on the word. For me to be in faith, there has to be a foundation of the word behind what I'm in faith about. Hallelujah. So faith is not just acting. Faith is acting on the word. Faith is taking an action based on what is said in the Word of God. All right? John chapter 2 and verse 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what have I to do with you? My hour's not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Notice this, Whatever he says unto you, do it. 
whatever he says unto you, do it. So Mary is here, and, and I don't know all of the ins and the outs. There are, there are people that teach different things here. I, I, you know, I, I can assume that they were part of the family or, or whatever. I don't know. But here's what I do know, that Mary was aware of a shortage. She was aware of the need. But I want you to see something. She came to Jesus and said, they have no wine. And when Jesus said, what is that to me? My hour is not yet. My hour to act. My time of revealing is not yet. She looked at the servants and said, okay, whatever he says, do that. Now, this is important because Mary was aware of the need, but what had her attention was the ability of Jesus to meet the need. Because she left it with this, okay, I know he's going to do something, and whatever he says, do that. Amen. So essentially, almost every version reads, whatever he tells you, do it. Whatever he tells you, do it. The Woos Bible says, whatever he says to you, do it with dispatch. So Mary simply did what? She cast the care of the shortage on Jesus and declared, whatever he tells you to do, do it quickly. Do it quickly. Now notice where the focus is. Notice what has the attention. Whatever he says. Now, this can sound elementary, but whatever he says has to have your attention. All right, whatever he says is what needs to have your attention. Raising children, I never wanted someone else to be able to command their attention more than me. They needed to pay attention to me. I'm their father. They needed to pay attention to me. Why? I have their best interest at heart. I want things to go well for them. Amen. The person that has the, the, the greatest of intentions for all of us is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is our Father God. And He's given us His Word to hold our attention to. Amen. So she said, whatever He says to do, do it quickly. That's what with dispatch means. Do it quickly. And notice something. This is so important. And, and I want to break it down, and it may, you may look at it and think, well, Pastor, yeah, I mean, I see that, and, and it's obvious, but notice something. Verse 7, Jesus said to them, now stop right there and ask yourself the question, what did Mary tell him? Whatever he says. And then the next verse, it says, Jesus <clears throat> said to them, Jesus said to them, what did he say? Fill the water pots with water. So Jesus said, fill the water pots with water. Now here's a question. What good would it have done for Jesus to say something if there was no one there to do what he said? If no one would act on his word? Think about it. 
I don't know that those servants weren't in faith because, listen, no one knew who Jesus was here at this wedding. He had not done it. He had not performed any miracles. Uh, scripture says this was the beginning of miracles for Jesus. Uh, uh, there may have been people that knew him as the carpenter's son or knew him because they grew up with him, but nobody knew him as the Messiah. Nobody knew him as the, water, uh, as the miracle worker. Amen. No, nobody knew him as the man that could turn water into wine like we do. These servants are there and they're just doing what they have been commanded to do. But notice what it says. Whatever he says, do that quickly. And then the, the, the verse, uh, in two verses, it says, And Jesus said, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. Amen. So Jesus said something, but someone had to act on what he said. Someone had to allow what he said to grab their attention. I don't know what they said to each other. I don't know if they discussed, why are we filling this with water? Makes no sense. I don't know if they did that or if they didn't. What I do know is that Scripture says they filled the water pots. Amen. Whatever he says to you, do that. That has to have your attention. Amen. Whatever it may be. He may ask you to do something for somebody. Give a certain amount. Take a step of faith. Believe for this. Exercise your faith for that. Then that is your commission. That is your direction. That is what God is asking you to do. That is what Jesus is saying to you. Let nothing or no one get your attention from what He said to you. It's vital. It's vital. Amen. Verse 8, and he said to them, now don't miss it. So the second time, he's saying something. What did Mary say? Whatever he says, whatever he says, do that and do it quickly. He said, draw out now and bear to the governor of the feast. And what's it say? And they bear it. So the question then again is what good would it have done for Jesus to say something if there was no one there to do what he said. They, Jesus said it, and they did it. Hallelujah. Whatever he says is what must hold your attention. So the servants were truly acting on what Jesus said. What he said occupied their attention. Because again, they didn't know he was the Messiah. They, they, they didn't say, oh, he's the miracle worker, so yeah, we'll fill this, this. He'll do something. They, to, to them, he was just a man. He was just someone that was at that feast, that wedding supper. Amen. But notice something. It took Jesus saying, them acting to produce the miracle. Well, Jesus worked the miracle. Could he have worked the miracle if no one would have cooperated with him? Now, immediately people will say, well, yeah, but, you know, Jesus can do anything. Then why didn't he? Why didn't he just make wine appear? Amen. Why didn't he just miraculously fill the water pots with water? 
Because the things of God are a working together of people of faith and the power of God. God needs man's cooperation for him to do in our lives what he wants to do. And so here are these servants that rather knowingly or unknowingly, they're just doing what Jesus said and they're getting results. The results are coming forth because they acted on what Jesus said. The greatest, the greatest faith is simply acting on what the Word of God said alone and letting it gather and keep your attention. You holding your mind to that. Amen. That sounds simple, but here's the, here's the, here's the, the issue. Is that's what the enemy's after. The enemy's after your attention. What you don't have your attention on, you cannot exercise faith for. If I don't have my attention on what the Word of God said, I cannot exercise my faith to operate on what the Word of God says because it doesn't have my attention. I said this the other week. If you're in faith, it's because what He said has your attention. If you're in doubt, if you're, if you're moved by the circumstance, it's because your faith and your attention is on the circumstance. Because whatever has your attention is what you're going to put your faith in. Hallelujah. So they were acting on what Jesus said. What he said occupied their attention. I, I've said that for years. People will say, well, how do you know this is going to happen? Well, what's the word say? What does the word say? Amen. What, what does the word say? I've told people before, they would say, well, you know, this, that, or the other. I'd say, show me that in the word. I got to see it in the word. Because, listen, it's not relevant to me if it's not in the word. It's got to be in the word of God. If it's not in the Word, it doesn't qualify to hold your attention. If it's not something God promised you in the Word, it doesn't qualify to hold your attention. I am under obligation to no one to listen to a bunch of unbelief. No one. I'm not obligated to anybody to sit and listen to unbelief. Wherever that unbelief comes from. Uh, letters. Phone calls, conversations, the news. I'm under obligation to no one to listen to unbelief. Why? It's after your attention. It's after your attention. Hallelujah. In John chapter uh, 2, or excuse me, Luke, Matthew 9. We're going to look at a couple different verses. Look at this this uh, account in a couple different verses, a couple different books. Matthew 9 and verse 6. He says, But that you may know the Son of Man hath power on the earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. <clears throat> and... He arose and departed to his house. Now notice something. Jesus said, take up your bed. Jesus said. Jesus said. Take up your bed and walk. 
and he arose. Jesus said, arise, take up your bed and walk, and he arose. This man did not get healed because Jesus said. He was healed because he acted on what Jesus said. He acted on what Jesus said. What Jesus said had his attention. He said, arise, take up your bed and walk. And the man, the man, the man, the man arose. Now, again, that may seem elementary, but sometimes people get the idea that when Jesus worked a miracle, the people that he was working a miracle on had nothing to say about it. Yes, they did. This man could have looked at Jesus and said, what do you mean? I've been paralyzed all these years. I can't get up. But what did he do? He got up. Why did he get up? He chose to act on the Word of God. He chose to act on what Jesus said. Faith is an act on the Word. Faith is an act on what Jesus said. Faith is an act on what Jesus said. Now notice this. Uh, Luke 5. We're going to look at this in uh, another account. Luke 5 and 18. And behold, men brought into bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him, before Jesus. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up on the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst. And when he saw their faith, he said unto, you, unto him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now here's the point I want you to make. This man in question here was paralyzed, not deaf. Why is that important? He could hear the Pharisees arguing with Jesus. He could hear the discussion going on. Amen. He could hear what was being said. Oh, you can't forgive sins. Who do you think you are? This is blasphemy. But I want you to notice something. In verse 24, but that you may know the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto you, arise, take up your bed and go, your couch and go into your house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed into his own house, glorifying God. So he could hear the Pharisees arguing with Jesus, but yet when Jesus said, take up your couch and go home, he got up. He heard everything else, but he got up. Why? All of the arguing didn't have his attention. When Je What Jesus said had his attention. He's there because of Jesus. Hallelujah. And, and, and not just the enemy, just uh, 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 situations in general are vying for our attention and vying for our focus. Amen. 
And very often in situations like this, someone will be in need. They'll, they'll need something. They're believing God for something, uh, whatever the case may be. And the circumstance will start talking. Well, who are you to think that this could happen for you? And why should it happen for you? And why should this happen? And you've been giving and it's not. What has your attention? This man was so paralyzed that he could not help himself. He had to have four friends bring him to the house. They tried to get in the door and couldn't. They tried to get in other ways and they couldn't. Finally, they went up on the roof and tore the tilings off the roof and let the man down in front of Jesus. And when he saw their faith, faith is an act on the word. He saw the act of faith that they were taking to get this man into the presence of Jesus. And ever what they were saying, the argument that they had going on, all the religious, uh, religious stuff they were saying, you, you, you can't forgive sins and, and it's blasphemy and who do you think you are? That man, if he was laying on the ground or hanging there by the ropes, I don't know how he was there. But the point is, ever what it was, he kept his focus on Jesus and what Jesus was going to say and whatever else was around he tuned it out, and he was listening for what Jesus had to say. And when Jesus said, rise, take up your couch, and go home, the Bible says he got up. Now, he had to act on that. He had to sift through some things. There were some voices that he had to, 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 to block out and focus on what Jesus said. Tell your neighbor, what's the word say? Ask him again. Say, what's the word say? Amen. Because if you talk to any number of people, they can tell you what's going on in the world. I mean, at, at, at any given time. If you talk to certain people, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you what's going on in the sports world. And this team's ahead, and, and this one's ahead, and this is going on, and, 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 and this one signed this contract and did this. Amen. But that same person cannot stay focused on what Jesus said. Amen. What has your attention? You have to determine if it's worthy of your attention. Is it worthy of the time you're going to give it? Glory be to God. So this man evidently spent very little time listening to what was being said around him. And when Jesus said, arise, take up your bed and go home, he got up. Amen. What has your attention can be the difference between receiving and not receiving. What has your attention can be the difference between receiving and not receiving. Uh, we had a dear woman that came to the church one time and she was, she was brought there at uh, uh, the uh, invitation of a, a dear lady that goes to our church and has been with us for a number of years. And this lady came, and when she came to the church, it was, it was obvious to me that she was sick. It was obvious that she was fighting uh, something that was, that was very serious. And come to find out it was. It was very serious. It was cancer. And uh, it was an extreme, aggressive form of cancer. And uh, she started coming on Sunday nights. And I started watching the Word of God work. And, and she would come in looking tired and gray and just wore out. And by the time service was over, she would be bright and full of color and energetic. And, and, and uh, then she would go home and, and it may be the next week or so that she would come back and look the same way. And then she would sit in, 
in the services, and, and the same thing would happen. Energy, life, color, amen. And God had me at that point preaching along the lines of believing the Word of God. God is your healer. God wants to heal you every time. Uh, sickness and diseases of the devil. Amen. And what I began to find out was this. That this man, or this woman and her husband went to another church, a very religious church. And what I found out later on was this, is that when she would go back to their church and tell what she was hearing and these different things and asking questions, her pastor looked at her and said, you need to be careful trying to get rid of something that God may be using. Talking about cancer. Amen. Maybe God wants you to have it. Those were real statements. Now, I'm not running anybody down and I'm not being critical of anyone. But I'm saying, it would, it would have almost been impossible to receive healing by faith because there was divided attention. It was evident what the Word could do by sitting under it two hours a week. Are you with me tonight? But then... When you go back somewhere and your attention is diverted, what's the scripture say? And we could quote them uh, uh, verbatim and, and quote them by heart. Psalm 1, blessed is the man that does not uh, 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 sit in the seat of the scornful, walk in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law does he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Boy, a lot of people want that leaf not withering, and whatever they do prosper. But the first part is the key. He meditates, he meditates, he mutters, he mulls over, he speaks to himself, he speaks the word of God to himself. How often? Day and night. If you're doing something day and night, there's not much room to give your attention to something else. Are you with me? If I'm doing it day and night, glory to God. Joshua, the Lord told Joshua, He said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein. Amen. So that you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Is that right? So what needed to have Joshua's attention? The enemy they were going to face? The challenge or the word? The word. What, what got them in the very beginning when they went in, in Numbers chapter 13? When they went into the promised land. Had God, God had not changed his mind. Do you know God told that same group of people in the book of Numbers? He said, I'll be with you. I'll drive the enemy out from before you. Don't be afraid of them. Don't worry. I'll help you. I'll protect you. I'll strengthen you. And those 12 spies went into the promised land. And 10 of them came back with an evil report. What did they, listen, what did they come back with? They came back with grapes and pomegranates. They came back with the fruit of that land. But what had their attention? Yep, this is the fruit of it. But the Amorite dwells over here and the Canaanite 
and we saw the sons of the giant there, the sons of Anak. And the walls are fenced and strong, and the people that dwell in the land, they, they, they eat up the inhabitants. Look what had their attention. Again, that can be elementary. But ever what you're believing God for, whatever you're believing God for, either that circumstance has your attention or the Word has your attention. Joshua and Caleb, Caleb, first of all, it says Caleb stilled the people and said, hey, let's go up at once because we're well able to take the land. That's not just a rah-rah speech. That's what had his attention. We can do this. Yeah, there's giants, but we can do this. Why? Because God said we could. Ask your neighbor, what's the word say? See, it's what, what does the word say? That, that's what you act on. That's what you believe. That's what you settle yourself on. That's what you put your trust in, is on what God said, not on the circumstance. What has your attention? What has your attention? Glory be to God. Amen. And, and the issue is, is the, the, the report of ten men that allowed the circumstance to have their attention stopped, multiplied hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of people from going into the promised land. As a matter of fact, they wondered, the Bible says, for 40 years until that generation that believed a bad report died. Glory to God. And 40 years later, they come back to the promised land, and Caleb comes to Joshua, and he says, I want that mountain that Moses promised me. Now notice, 40 years in the wilderness, his attention hasn't changed. It's not been diverted. Moses said, I could have that mountain. Now I want you to give it to me. And here's what he said. I know the giants are there. I'll kill them and take, the, and take the mountain. Notice where his attention was. Notice where his focus was. For 40 years, his focus has been on what God said to him. Amen. So there was a group that died in that 40-year period of time. And there was a man named Caleb that got stronger during that 40-year period of time because he came back to that promised land boundary and he said, I'm as strong today in my 80s as I was when I first came here. That's what he said. I, I, can, I can do everything I did back then. I have all my cognitive abilities. I'm just as strong. Give me that mountain and I'll run the giants out of them. I'll kill them and fertilize the ground with their body. Hallelujah. Because that's what his focus was. That's what had his attention. See, what has your attention is what works for you. If it doesn't have your attention, there's very little chance of it working. Amen. Have you ever noticed that there are things that can go on in the world, in people's lives, and you don't give your attention to, you, to it and it doesn't affect you? People say, well, well, why is that? It's a law. What I meditate on is what begins to be strong in my life. And it begins to be the pathway that I take. What you think on is the pathway you're going to go. Your life will go the direction of your most recent thought. Amen. 
So what has your attention can be the difference between receiving and not receiving. Notice in John chapter 5. John chapter 5 verse 1. After this there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, sick folks. And it tells you the kind, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. Amen. So in order to receive, notice, from the troubling of the water, they had to act. Whoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. So the water was there, the grace of God, the mercy of God, in the angel troubling the water. But when the water began to be troubled, there had to be an act. All right? And it says here, <clears throat> a certain man, verse 5, was there which had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been a long time in that case, he said unto him, will you be made whole? The Woost Bible says, do you have a longing to be made well? The impotent man answered, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steps in before me. Now notice that. What was the question Jesus asked? Will you be made whole? Now what would be the uh, answer that you would think he should give? Yes. Right? Well, now I want you to notice something. This is so important. Because uh, verse 13 says that this man did not know who Jesus was. Amen. So Jesus is there and he says, will you be made whole? And instead of the man saying, well, yes, I will. I mean, you're Jesus. Yes, I will. He didn't know who Jesus was. So he said, listen, look what had his attention. I don't have anybody to help me. When the water's troubled, I don't have anybody to put me in the water or help me in. Now notice, though. Hallelujah. We don't know how long he'd been coming to this pool. He had been sick 38 years. But from his response, we can see he had tried it other times and was unsuccessful. Notice this. Jesus said to him, verse 8, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. On the same day was the Sabbath. Notice this. 
Jesus said what? Rise, take up your bed and walk. And what did he do? He took up his bed and walked. In a moment of time, what Jesus said got his attention. Jesus said, and he acted on what Jesus said. Now notice this, verse 10. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It's the Sabbath day, it's not lawful for you to carry your bed. Mm. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up your bed and walk. They wanted to know why he was carrying his bed, and he said, Well, the one that healed me told me to. That's why he said, I'm just doing what he said. Well, why are you taking those steps? Why, why are you out there? Why, why are you believing a certain way? Because he said, what, what makes you think you're going to come out of debt this year? What makes you think God's going to touch your body? Because he said, because the one that said, told me to do this and I'm doing it. What has your attention? Glory to God. What he said was the answer. What you believe will always come back to what he said. What you believe will always come back to what he said. How do you know you're well? Because he said. How do you know you have victory? Because he said. Amen. The greatest faith is faith that needs no other evidence than what the Word of God says. That's it. Hallelujah. What he said was the answer. This man had the attention on what Jesus had said. When something else gets your attention, the Word will become non-operative in your life. Because something else has my attention. Hallelujah. You've got to be giving what he said your attention. You've got to be giving it your attention. This is what he said. This is what I'm going to do. Notice in Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. And uh, verse 17. But with whom was he, meaning the father, grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Now, I want you to omit chapter 4 there and just keep reading the letter. We see they cannot enter in because of unbelief. Let us, therefore, fear, let's be cautious, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached or the word of hearing did not profit them not being mixed, or they were not united by faith to it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. 
Notice, as he said, as he said, as I've sworn in my wrath, if they will enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God rests the seventh day from all of his works, and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Because of unbelief. The first group had their attention on going back, on the hardships they were facing. That's why it had their attention. Paul says the word of rest was preached to them. That was the, the symbol of the promised land was rest. You'll go there and you'll rest. God said it's a land that flows with milk and honey. It's a land of rivers. Not a land like Egypt where you have to irrigate the land with your foot and bring the, the water from the river. It's a land that's flowing. It's a, it's a land that you'll have everything that you have need of. Yet they could not enter in because what was said did not have their attention. What was said didn't have their attention. It was preached to them, it was declared to them, but it didn't grab their attention. It was the word that would have produced faith. Paul says that they didn't enter in because of unbelief. Unbelief is simply the absence of faith. How does faith come? By hearing. Hearing what? The Word of God. What is the Word of God? What God has said. Is that right? So faith comes by keeping your attention on what God said. And Paul says this group of Israelites, this group of the children of Israel, could not enter in because of their unbelief. Because they did not allow what God had said to keep their attention and to keep their focus. Amen. Whatever it was, you name it, you, you see all kinds of issues uh, in, in the scripture. Complaining about no water, complaining about the manna, complaining about Moses, complaining about uh, uh, the leadership. Amen. Oh, I would to God we were back in Egypt where we could sit by the flesh pots and eat the leeks and the garlics. Right? It's amazing that when you start putting your attention on the wrong thing, you'll forget how bad off you were when you were there. Going back got their attention, and I don't think they ever thought about what they were going back to. Slavery, bondage, death. They wanted to go back and be part of a regime that was killing the firstborn sons, all the firstborn sons of the Israelites. Every time a baby boy was born, Pharaoh wanted it killed. He wanted it thrown into the river. That's what they wanted to go back to. Why? Because the Word of God never got their attention. It never got their attention. I've known people that have come to me before and said, you know, Pastor, I'm, I'm kind of struggling financially and it bothers me because when I was living for the devil, I had all the money I, I needed. Yeah, and you were going to hell. Your family was a wreck, right? 
they were arresting you in front of your children. You were on your way to die young. That's, 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 right? Hallelujah. See, the circumstance has their attention. For anything to change in my life, the Word has to have my attention. If anything's going to change, the Word has to have my attention. On whatever the, 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 the subject may be, the Word of God must have our attention. Hallelujah. So the Word did not keep their attention. To be in faith and to stay in faith, the Word has to be what keeps your attention. Yeah, but you know, I was doing real good and this circumstance came up. Well, circumstances are going to come and go. The Word doesn't change. Amen. Yeah, but everything was going great. And then and what changed? Why are things not going great now? Well, well, you know, the, 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 the circumstance, I mean, I mean uh, uh, you know, it seemed like we were just being blessed and, and, and we've kind of hit a challenge. Right. And the Word says you will. Jesus says, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. You'll have challenges, you'll have pressure. What are you supposed to focus on? The overcoming ability of Christ in me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Thanks be unto God that always causes us to triumph. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. When you walk through the flood, you'll not drown. When you go through the fire, it'll not kindle around about you. What has your attention? Amen. Oh, glory. We answer every situation with what does the Word say? What does the Word say? Nothing ever this is important. Nothing ever has to happen to me. Nothing ever has to happen to me. Meaning, I don't have to have something happen to me because it's happening to everybody else. It depends on what has my attention. Amen. Amen. But people will see things going on in other people's lives and they'll kind of start preparing for it in their life. No, it doesn't have to happen. If it has my attention, it'll happen. Look in uh, Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13 and 5. Let your conversation or your lifestyle be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Why did he say that? So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. He has said, so that we may say. So what you say is what he said. What you say is what he said. Hey, why are you carrying your couch on the Sabbath? Because he said, 
the one that healed me told me to. How do you know you're coming out? Because he said. How do you know this is going to change? Because he said. How do you know all things are working together for your good? Because he said. Now, again, that can seem so elementary. But what has your attention? Faith is not difficult. Faith is not difficult. Faith is not hard. It's just different. Because it's different to let something have your attention that is not immediately in the seen, felt, tangible realm. It's in the realm of the Spirit. And your faith is drawing it to you. That's why every day is a faith day. Because you're getting up every day saying, what does the Word say? And then I'm going to act on the Word. Amen. In, in, in whatever the area may be. There are people that get up and they say, oh, I just feel so weak. I just feel so wore out. I just feel so... Well, that has their attention. And there's not one scripture that says the, the, that, 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 that uh, talking about how weak and wore out and tired you are is what brings strength. It says the joy of the Lord is your strength. It says in the book of Proverbs that it is the strong spirit of man that sustains him in times of bodily pain or trouble. So that means that where your spirit is going to get strong is in the hearing and the declaring of the word. And he has said, I will not leave you so that we can boldly say, I won't fear what man will do to me. Hallelujah. The Roosh Bible says, for he himself has said, and the statement is on record. The statement is on record. In other words, it's recorded. And here's what he said. I will not, I will not cease to sustain you and uphold you. I will not, I will not, I will not let you down. In the Greek, it's that emphatic. I will not, I will not, I will not let you down. How can you fail? I'll tell you how you can fail. By something other than that having your attention. But when that has your attention, no, 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 no. He made the statement and it's on record and the record is, I will not, I will not, I will not let you down. I will not, I will not, I will not let you down. What has your attention? Sometimes people can get our attention. Well, you know, I don't understand why they're doing what they're doing. That's not your business. Not your business. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. Well, you know, I saw so-and-so backing off, and, and I saw so-and-so back. That, that's that, that, none of your business. Keep your focus on what God told you. What has your attention? What has your attention? The Lord told me two things one time. I was seeking Him about some things in the church, asking Him about some changes. You know, some things in the church world were, were changing. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, if that's right, I want to get involved in it. I don't, I don't want to uh, miss you in any way. And He made this statement to me. He said, you preach the pure word of faith in the manner you learned it. 
And then on another occasion, not too long after that, he said, you stay with your fathers in the faith and you'll stay safe. That's why it has to have my attention. That's why it has to have my attention, is what God said. Yeah, but so-and-so is doing this. That, that, that's not what's supposed to have your attention. The Bible says that you follow people who are accomplishing things with their faith. That's what it says. Be ye therefore followers of them who through faith and patience have obtained the promise. Amen. Don't allow people and their issues and what they're doing to grab your attention. Amen. Because you've still got to do what God asked you to do. You've still got to walk out what God asked you to walk out. You've still got to believe what God has you believing for. Amen. Ever what that may be. You've still got to be believing what God said to you. And that has to have your attention. We saw it in several different accounts here. And he said, fill the water pots. And they filled the water pots. And he said, take it to the governor. So they took it to the governor. Well, look at it this way. And he said, you're more than a conqueror. So what do you begin to do? What do you begin to do? You begin to act like more than a conqueror. You begin to act like you have the victory. Yeah, but I don't have the victory. Says who? Who said that? Who told you that? What did he say? That's what you focus on. Glory to God. What did he say? He said you're more than a conqueror. He said you do all things through Christ. When Paul wrote in the book of Romans, and he made the statement, he said, he said, what shall we say to all these things? What shall we say to all these things that are going on? If God be for us, who can be against us? He told us what to say. When we face those circumstances, when we face a situation, if God's for me, who can be against me? Don't let anything else to get your attention, get your attention, other than the fact that God's for me. And because He's for me, He said, I will not, I will not, I will not let you down. Won't do it. Won't let you down. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Right now and, and at every time in the world, the world's full of questions. Well, what if, and how come, and why, and and, 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 and and that can get your attention. And the answer's never in the question. Where's the answer, Pastor? In the answer. In the answer. Let the answer have your attention. Let the answer be what keeps your attention and your focus. This is what he said. This is what the scripture says. This is what God said. This is what he told me. If God tells you something, I'm going to take a moment with this. If God tells you something, it's God's place to tell you. It's your place to believe it. Because your belief and your faith is the determining factor as to whether God can perform it. Now right there, religion will say, well, God can do anything. Well, 
Yes, anything that you will believe him for. Ever what that may be. If you see, if you see the, the scripture that it belongs to you, you keep your focus on that. If God gives you a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, a, 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 a prophecy through someone that you trust, a vessel that you can trust that has a proven track record, then it's your job to keep a hold of that. It's your job to focus on that. This is what God told me. Let that keep your attention. Amen. Glory to God. One time I'll say this in closing. A uh, number of years ago, long time ago, probably, oh, I don't know how many years, a number of years ago, quite a while ago, uh, I had a friend that uh, he and I were, were good friends. We drank a lot of coffee together and uh, would, would, would do different things. We both liked cars. And, and uh, uh, at that time, I had a 69 Chevy pickup that I really liked. And uh, 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 just uh, a wonderful vehicle. And so we would get together and talk about our cars. And, and he would preach at my church. I'd preach at his church. And, and uh, we started talking one time about uh, me being a part of, of, of their organization. And, uh, uh, you know, we got involved uh, to an extent. And, and uh, you know, we, we uh, uh, were there for... I don't, I don't remember how long, uh, a few months or, or whatever. And uh, one day, I just knew, okay, now wait a minute. The, the, these are great people. These are wonderful people. Love them. To this day, I love them. But the direction that I need to be going is not the direction they're going. They weren't doing anything wrong. It's just not what God called me to do and to be a part of. And so I was, uh, you know, running over in my mind, what do I need to do? And, and you know, how would I tell them? And, you know, I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. And, and how are they going to feel? And uh, we were talking to a, uh, uh, a mentor of ours, a man that has meant a great deal to us over the years. And uh, I was talking to him, and I was kind of beating around the bush. And uh, Pastor Michelle took the phone, asked for the phone. And so she said, you know, and she called his name and she said, uh, you know, Philip is, is, we want to do this, but Philip's just, you know, there's, there's a concern about how they're going to feel. And he made a statement that I'll never forget. And, it, and, it, and it's something that, that I understand and, and keep even to this day. He said, Michelle, you can't help how people feel. You got to do what God told you. That doesn't mean that we're rude and uncaring, but ultimately what he said is the deciding factor. And if someone feels differently about it, I can't help how they feel. But I know what has to have my attention. Amen. So ask your neighbor one last time, say, what does the word say? Ask him again, what does... The word say, say this, say about your situation. What does the word say? Amen. Don't, don't let your focus be taken off of what the word says. Don't let your attention be moved from that. All right. Now, as I said from the very beginning,
That may seem like a very elementary subject, but understand something. The principles that operate faith never change. I wrote the book, Every Day's a Faith Day. And I didn't write Every Day's a Faith Day to try to impress anybody or for them to learn something new about faith. What, the reason I wrote Every Day's a Faith Day and even preached the sermon is because the Lord let me know there are people getting up and they want their faith to work, but they're not using it every day. You got to get up and put your faith to work every day. My pastor wrote in the foreword of that book that uh, 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 he knew a person one time that said, you know, when, when we get to heaven, we won't have to use our faith. And the Lord said to him, no, wrong, wrong. We'll always have to be using faith. What are you putting your faith to work on today? What has your attention today? Whatever it is, is the direction you're going to go. That's the result I'm going to have. Well, stand up, everybody.